This is Reimagining Healthcare, a podcast about innovation in the healthcare industry. It's a show for healthcare business owners, for healthcare professionals, for industry investors, and health tech entrepreneurs. On the show, I talk to health tech and healthcare innovators to uncover how they're reimagining and building a world of seamless digital healthcare experiences and how that fits into people's lives. I'm your host, Yanni Sapanos. Today, I'm speaking with Marian Cordicas, a partner of cloud-based patient engagement solution, PhysiTrack, that supports clinical home exercise prescriptions, tracking and outcome measurements, education and telehealth. We talk about why outcome tracking and measurement adds value to practices, as well as the healthcare system. And we discuss concepts like, what is a digital healthcare network? How do we connect practices with their clients to deliver client-driven approaches in terms of anywhere, anytime healthcare, whilst ensuring there's a safe, seamless and secure digital health information sharing with other connected points of care. We also identify where there are great opportunities for health providers to embrace health tech to make even bigger impacts on healthcare outcomes. Let's jump in. Well, hey, Marian, how are you today? Good, Yanni. How are you, mate? Fantastic, my friend. Thank you for coming along and uh, having a chat with me today. Really happy to have you along because there's um, there's something at the heart of what you do within the Fizzy Track application, which is um, really interesting. And, and obviously, there are a lot of subscribers that have grown uh, in Australia on the uh, system. Do you want to give us a little bit of background on PhysiTrack just for those who don't know PhysiTrack at this point in time and give us a bit of a summary of what are you doing with PhysiTrack? So with PhysiTrack, um, I mean, to, to kind of explain it in short, it's um, it's a client uh, patient engagement platform, which is, which is pretty broad and perhaps a bit cryptic, but um, there's four key pillars um, that make up PhysiTrack. So it's exercise prescription, it's outcomes tracking, it's patient education, and it's also telehealth. So those are the four key areas within um, within PhysiTrack. So basically enabling practitioners to uh, to engage their clients, uh, regardless of, I suppose, the angle they use with clients. So some clients might need exercise prescription, which means a big library, more than 4,000 um, exercise videos that we have. Um, so I can put an exercise program together for my client and uses a free app called PhysiApp to, uh, to complete their exercises. But sometimes it's not about exercise. So if I'm a, uh, a psychologist or perhaps, you know, I have, I have a client who doesn't require exercises, but I want to assign an outcome measure. I can also do that through PhysiTrack. I can educate my clients um, or I can have a telehealth call. So clients that live remotely, are busy with their daily um, daily life, um, I can have a telehealth video call with my clients as well. And the good thing is that the client, they only use the one app um, on their phone, on their tablet or um, or online to um, yeah to access those those features and access the service of their practitioners. So it's um, it's all around I suppose engaging clients um, whether it's inside the clinic or um, or remotely. That's fantastic. It's quite a quite a bit going on there. I think there's um, in general terms, it's basically meaning that a health practitioner now can actually form a uh, ongoing relationship with their client that doesn't necessarily need to be confined to their physical location inside their clinic. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely, and um, and I guess it's it's you know it's partially um, client driven, um, and you know that that kind of goes goes back to how you know how people live their lives nowadays, which is basically on their phone, on their on their device, and also you know I guess you know instant gratification is is one of those where clients you know don't want to wait till tomorrow or next week to uh, to consume a particular service, uh, and of course healthcare is, is is not escaping that trend either, so it's all about you know 
for the, for clients to to have their practitioner close to them, i.e., on their phone. Uh, whether it's you know just asking a quick question, you know perhaps um, you know just going back to their exercise program if they um, you know if they forgot to complete their exercises for a few days, um, having clear content that uh, that really speaks to them and is is designed for their for their condition. So very um, I suppose very hands on uh, content, and I think you know client education is another one that's that's quite often forgotten in in healthcare where sometimes. You, know, you might get a few tips from your practitioner, but during a, a consultation, things can get quite overwhelming sometimes. Um, so, for you know, for a patient to be home and have all the information in one location um, is um, is I think key. Um, and also, I suppose it makes the, the, the patient more value feel more valued when they have content they can access at any stage. Uh, not just generic content, uh, but actually content that's specific to their condition. And um, that's what we try to help practitioners with to add more value to the services that they offer to their clients. I think that's a really important um, part of the evolution of uh, healthcare is basically inverting that kind of classical relationship, which is basically, you know, I'm a health practitioner and this is my location and I've set myself up to be able to provide services to actually thinking about what that looks like through the eyes of the client and being way more client centric so that, you know, the question is something along the lines of um, how do my clients want me to deliver services to them obviously being a being a pms provider it's very similar to um platforms like core plus go through in terms of online bookings for example online marketing um it's all about in the end as a as a service provider and this kind of goes across different industries i suppose um you want to be where where your customer is and um and so you know in, in terms of healthcare practitioners it's about okay well um, my my consumers, my 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 potential customers are online. You know they're mobile, and so you know yes, it's great to have a physical location. And you know for many healthcare practitioners, you can't really escape that, especially when you're hands-on with patients. Um, but then when it comes to you know delivering your service, I think it's really important, and you can't really go without it. I think to really start thinking about well, my my patients, where are they? And you know I suppose the way patients live their lives nowadays, they could be anywhere, and it's not so much about Let's say if I'm a patient, you know, I go to the physio around my corner or the psychologist around around my corner. But sometimes it's not the right practitioner for my condition or for my even my, my personality. So um, I guess you know what technology enables is is patients are now suddenly able to um, you know find a practitioner that's right for them. Not necessarily someone who is around the corner, but who is right for me for my condition. And um, you know, I guess technology like PhysiTrack and like telehealth, for example, really um, I suppose enables practitioners to to start offering those kind of services but also then for for clients for patients to to start consuming those services so it's really just i guess again as a practitioner you want to be where your patients are absolutely and that's right at the heart of the whole cloud uh, movement isn't it it's basically anywhere anytime the smart tech uh, revolution has happened and we're all equipped with it we're, we're walking around with mobile phones and um, to a greater extent uh, tablets to a lesser extent and you know mobility is at the heart of um, the human experience because we're always uh, moving around uh, we're at home we're at work we're with our children we're with our friends so uh, health is not something that you just sort of uh, do for one hour in an appointment, it's something that you're, it's constantly affecting you. So having that ongoing relationship makes um, a heck of a lot of sense. And from the point of view of um, PMSs or practice management uh, software, I kind of see the world of um, clinical systems or practice management systems being these sort of concentrations of digital locations, so to speak, you know, where you have, you have a product like CorePlus, which has um, a network of health practitioners connected to it. And that's really great because that means that the health practitioners are uh, connected to that hub 
and the way that they can communicate with other health practitioners can be facilitated through that. But what's missing from that, you know, to a greater extent, I mean, yes, as you pointed out, there's things like online bookings and and we're figuring out how to actually deal with um, digital journeys for patients. But ultimately what's missing and um, and what PhysiTrack, I think, in my mind addresses uh, is the relationship between the practitioner or the, you know, the health provider and their client network. So, you know, they're, they're a hub of uh, healthcare that's got a uh, simultaneous relationship with a whole bunch of uh, clients and practitioners. Does that resonate with you? Do, you? do you sort of see that kind of network effect? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, um, it's actually quite interesting because um, a lot of practitioners, you know, who use PhysiTrack, um, they actually use the fact that they use PhysiTrack as, as a marketing tool. So they actually, um, you know, promote the fact that they use PhysiTrack because, I mean, A, it sets them aside from, from other practitioners, but also, you know, when they when they run, you know, let's say Facebook campaigns, for example, they really use it, um, you know, to to show that, hey, we know what you want as a, as a patient. Uh, we understand you. You know, we, we know, we understand how you live your lives. And again, it's, it's, yeah, it's really showing that, hey, you know, we offer something that will, you know, improve, um, I suppose, your lives in the end. But also the, you know, the engagement. I think a lot of patients, um, I mean, if I take exercise prescription as, a, uh, as an example, um, you know, patients in a way have been used to um, stick figures for forever and ever. And that's absolutely fine. Um, and, you know, sometimes, you know, all the patients might be slightly more comfortable still with, with stick figures, although that's changing very rapidly. But at some stage, I think, you know, healthcare practitioners really started to see, okay, well, it's actually not, not enough. And it's not enough, for, I think, a number of reasons. I mean, A, um, you know, clinically, when you come home with your piece of paper, you know, I was quite stressed during my, um, during my appointment because, you know, it's, it's about a serious knee injury or whatever it may be. So by the time I come home, I've already forgotten how to complete the exercises, even with a couple of stick figures on, um, on my fridge door. That's one. The other one is, again, patients are busy. And whether I'm a, you know, a 30-year-old um, executive, you know, traveling the world or, you know, being in meetings all the, all the time, or maybe I might be retired, and but you know I keep myself busy with you know playing golf and catching up with my friends, regardless of the lifestyle. In the end, people are, are just busier, or at least you know say they're busier um, nowadays. And um, so how how can we actually I suppose enable patients to um, you know to to be on track with their exercise programs because it's shown time and time again that you know when patients do their exercises, um, you know they achieve better outcomes. So I guess in the end, it's really about offering patients something that is how they live their lives. And you're right. I mean, practitioners are a hub of, you know, a a community basically where, you know, they offer services to, you know, a range of people. And how do I stay in touch with those people, uh, with my patients uh, on one hand? How do I engage them ongoingly? Um, And that's right. I mean, I suppose the the way platforms like Core Plus uh, facilitate that, we we facilitate that exactly the same on a, I suppose, on a practice by practice level for sure. I think that's um, that's a really understated power of uh, digital health. You know, when you think about the concentration of networks, you know, we can all sort of relate to the utility of having an interface. You know, sort of you've got a web page, you're able to actually uh, view that anywhere, anytime, as long as there's an internet browser or an application within a phone, which is um, in principle the same thing. You know, you have this um, interface, it's connected to the internet, but it's in the palm of your hand and you're able to move anywhere, anytime and relate to it and, and do stuff with it, engage with it from a digital standpoint. By having all of these sort of networks, these concentrations, whether it's a clinic and the relationship it has to its network of uh, clients, 
Um, if we sort of step it up a level and then we look at the clinic that's then connected to a group of clinics that are connected to a practice management system, and then you look at a practice management system that's a network of practice management systems that's connected into a uh, digital health hub as well. All of a sudden, we're starting to see this picture forming, which is basically that we have a healthcare digital network, you know, where all the information is able to stay inside a private and secure healthcare system in digital terms. How do you relate to that? To us, it's it, it's really interesting, and it's exactly the reason why we you know integrated PhysiTrek with Core Plus, for example, because I think in the end there's a couple of things. I think there's efficiencies is one of them. So we all know that you know practitioners are, are, are time poor. So whether you know whether it comes to prescribing exercises or um, you know setting up a patient in their practice management system, it's got to be quick. Uh, it's got to be seamless. Um, it's got to be information. It's got to be shared across the clinic. So I think you know integration of platforms is is going to be going to be key. Hence we you know we, we decided to integrate with um, Core Plus. So I think that's that's one key component where you know we can save actually practitioners time by by doing that. But the other thing I think um, you know something you're alluding to is, is of course um, you know transparency and um, sharing of patient information amongst practitioners. And again, I think that's you know I really like the integration that we have with Core Plus is you know the fact that you know exercise programs that have been prescribed, you know, will soon be able to, to be read inside um, inside the patient file inside Core Plus as well. Um, and then information, again, can then be shared, you know, with other, other healthcare practitioners that the particular patient is, um, uh, is seeing. So, again, it's all about making information available to, to the right practitioners to, um, to help them in the end achieve better outcomes for the patient. I think that's, we're all in the business of, um, of achieving that, of course. So, um, I think it's critical and I think it's, um, obviously, it's a great initiative by I think the way you guys have approached it and um, the secure messaging levels, for example, that you've implemented, that, that's the future of healthcare. In the end, helping patients to um, to get better quicker. I think uh, that's what we all want. I think there's, there's a variety of uh, relationships that we can form with that because if we could say Australia is a big healthcare system, which is comprised of um, private healthcare providers, which, you know, all align around their respective, you know, sort of practitioner types and whether that's an APRA registered or a self-regulated and managed um, association or community. There are certain disciplines that from Australian's point of view, we're, we're forming a relationship with these different types of healthcare. You know, whether it's physiotherapy, whether it's um, occupational therapy, whether it's psychology or remedial, whether it's um, nutrition, there's a lot of different types of um, healthcare practitioners. And at the end of the day, these are the um, uh, types of services that, you know, the average Australian might need once or multiple times throughout the course of their life. And, you know, when you think about that journey that a person goes through in their life experience, you know, they're... Uh, needing assistance through the birth process and then beyond that we're growing into young adults and we're starting to um, have the responsibility to look after our own health care. We need to access health care in a variety of different ways. So, you know, those types of um, aspects of, uh, as you were pointing out earlier, education and being able to commit to uh, prescribed uh, treatment plans, for example, mm. starts to help patients be more empowered in how they do things. And where I'm particularly interested um, strategically is that, uh, you know, if we can get that relationship going between a practitioner and one client, we've got data points, you know, we've got the outcome measures, for example, um, that are feeding back and helping the practitioner to be able to assess whether the outcomes that are planned or, you know, the goals for this um, individual are on track or not. And so if we can do that for one, we can do that for many. 
And then if we start to look at that across the entire network of healthcare practitioners and uh, clinical systems, um, we're basically developing now aggregated uh, perspectives on whether we're effective, uh, not so much how we perform relative to uh, one group of clients uh, versus another. Uh, The term that's being used in the industry is population health metrics or population health management. Mm. And that then starts to become something that the government has a lot of interest in you know, and how to actually roll that up and how to actually use it to inform policy and also how to how to actually uh, tweak the payers, whether it's Medicare or whether it's the NDIS. So there's an incredible amount of value there. But the more we're able to actually share healthcare information, that's got to have a lot of value for different types of practitioners by association or by group being able to represent the strength of their services and their discipline. So, you know, whether that's um, that's a peak body, that's um, really understanding clearly now through the data on how effective their uh, their services as a, uh, as a practitioner type in the community are. That's something that I think is not really talked about, you know, uh, at a grassroots level that much, but it's a really important part of this whole outcome measurement evolution that's happening in digital terms or digital health terms. What do you think? Absolutely. And I think, I mean, it all starts at university, I think. I think that's, um, I don't know how outcome measures are taught in universities at the moment, but I know for a fact that they're, they're used sporadically, I would say. There's a strong interest um, from the practitioner themselves. So they like data, they like to you know, to delve into the nitty gritty of, um, of outcomes. So from a research perspective, obviously they're being used. Or when there is a top-down, I suppose, requirement to, to provide that level of, um, of outcomes data. So whether it's TAC or work cover claims, for example, and, and there is a real requirement to, to provide that, that, that information. I would say in, in most other cases, um, even though, you know, it, it would be beneficial, like you said, for a practitioner, for a clinic or for a particular profession to, to have that outcomes data and to start benchmarking themselves against, you know, what's the, what's the norm for uh, a total knee reconstruction to, you know, to get better. And then am I, you know, am I an outlier when it comes to um, uh, delivering certain outcomes? That is not happening on a, I suppose, on a consistent level, I would say. And, you know, wh- whichever peak body we talk to, it's the same across the board. It's just not happening. Again, there is no incentive, I think, quite often for practitioners to to collect that information. And sometimes it can be perceived at least as, as time consuming, even though it doesn't have to be, I think, with technology that, that's available nowadays, um, you don't need to have patients fill out a physical piece of paper with their outcome measure and then somehow punch that information into you know into a piece of software. You know something that we offer as part of PhysiTrack, it's um, it's completely seamless and um, it's even automated where you know patients complete the outcome measures inside the app or online at set intervals and um, and the practitioner has real time insight into the outcomes, both you know in terms of the trend, uh, so you can see exactly how my patient is tracking, but also. Um, down to each individual question as well. So I think the technology is there. I think there is interest, but again, there is no incentive top down yet for practitioners to, you know, to just collecting that outcomes data, even though it could be super beneficial for them as a, again, as a clinic to show that, hey, we actually achieve some great outcomes or, you know, as a profession to show that, well, you know, we are actually doing quite well. And by going to a physio, EP, um, chiro, whatever profession it might be, um, you know, we can help you to deliver, you know, better health outcomes. So there's a huge, I think there's a, definitely an untapped opportunity there. Um, I'm sure it will happen also because, again, technology is, you know, is enabling that. But at the moment, you're right, it's it's not quite there yet. So um, great opportunity 
to um, to improve that. I think it definitely is, and we're playing our part to try and you know move the needle in that direction because the um, the population, I guess, um, statistically is uh, seems to be not getting healthier. You know, there there seems to be a decline overall in um, in health. And, um, you know, the determinants of um, healthcare are becoming more complex. You know, we need to understand that and, and we need evidence. We need to actually um, develop a better understanding as to, uh, you know, what what determines our healthcare and how, how that can work at an individual level as well as across a population. You know, I kind of see that as part of the solution is in the digital, you know, technology. It's health tech um, has a role to play, but it needs to be able to you know, in addition to being securely sharing information amongst itself, whether it's between the uh, the patient and the practitioner or the practitioner and other practitioners, the information itself needs to make sense as well. And so there's, right. there's an element of consensus that needs to develop there. And it's one thing to be able to say, oh, you know, the government should produce a standard, and it certainly has. And you can see that in the GP sector and also within hospitals, for example. And with that, you know, the, um, the, the effort that they put into general practitioner clinical systems and um, information um, or informatics, and the same with hospitals, has now given those communities, those, those peak bodies, a great deal of political power, you know, because they're actually able to show the evidence on what's happening within their member community, for example. And um, it's hard to argue against that because the data is there. But if Allied Health, for example, is trying to actually make the same case, it needs data that is meaningful, that it can actually say, well, you know, a psychologist can share this information with the physiotherapist and the physiotherapist will understand it in a clinical context. And when they communicate back to the psychologist, the psychologist will also understand that in a clinical context. And then across the population, we're actually able to see the ideas and thoughts and requirements that the physiotherapy community needs as well as what the psychology community needs and so on and so forth. I kind of see it as um, it is a slow-paced kind of evolution that's happening uh, in and around allied health, but um, we definitely need to be moving towards high-quality data. And we also need to be comfortable with the idea of being transparent about that. Um, I'd probably argue, uh, Marianne, that um, there are incentives for practitioners to really you know, do that and not necessarily need it to be top-down. Because um, part of the experience of being a patient is enhanced if they're actually inputting into that process. And, you know, and that sort of changes the context from outcome measures to being patient reported outcome Mm. measures or, you know, you're getting that engagement. And I think, you know, that's an area that's right in your wheelhouse. Do you want to talk to us a little bit about the idea of patient reported outcomes? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it's actually proven based on, on, on data that, you know, certain treatment plans have a real impact on, on patient outcomes. And quite often it's anecdotal at the moment because there is no data. So, you know, it just comes down to, well, you know, we, we've had X number of patients and, you know, we, we're achieving some great results, but there's no data to pick it up. So I think that's definitely one angle. The other angle, you, you're totally right. I think um, a lot of patients and sometimes, interesting enough, older age groups, they're even more interested in completing outcome measures uh, than younger generations because they they like to get involved. They like to have a certain level of control sometimes, I think, in terms of you know inputting data and being really part of, um, of the overall rehab process, if, if that's applicable. And I think that's, again, where technology comes in. Uh, and sometimes a bit of a underestimation of, of, of how tech-savvy some of the older populations are because they are, uh, you know, the... Uh, 60, 70, 80 year olds quite often, um, you know, they probably have a tablet versus, you know, versus a smartphone because tablet has a nice big screen and they're quite comfortable using apps and, and using technology. And um, I think, you know, using technology, for example, to, to collect outcome measures 
especially with older uh, patients, I think is a great way to to engage them, really give them a sense of confidence as well and, and control that they are part of their uh, journey, their healthcare journey. And um, But also for patients then to see that, well, look, I can really see, you know, let's say over a month, two month um, time period, I can, I can see progress, uh, which again, incentivize them to you know to keep going with their exercises or change their their lifestyle they're on the right track so it's also about i guess instilling confidence with patients that you know look because of the data you've input we can see clearly measure you know the progress that you're achieving um you're on the right track and again that gives the practitioner a lot of credibility too because it shows that well what we are doing is working so it's it's great for the practitioner, great for the patients. Yeah, and I think I think it really goes down to that idea of uh, client centred. You know that um, you know where we started uh, the conversation around the idea of um, you know how can I provide services that you would like me to provide, and so. You know, if you can actually provide, you know, as you say, the education, the content, and then empower that individual to have uh, more of a role in um, mm. achieving the outcome, you know, so it's not sort of this um, idea that um, they're sort of a inert part of the actual healthcare. You know, they're actually an active participant, and there's a responsibility that comes with that because you're you're needing to actually input data, and you're going to have to, you know, interact with it, and so that starts to bring the uh, the engagement levels up. That sort of, you know, opens up the idea then that as a service provider, I would imagine that if you have, for example, two physiotherapists, for example, and one is providing a digital healthcare extension through the PhysiTrack application and the other one isn't, that the one that is um, providing the extension and is getting the engagement with the client is now building a more meaningful relationship with that individual versus uh, the, the other one, which is basically providing an appointment and then sort of, you know, letting the patient sort of go away and potentially come back for the next appointment. Absolutely. And that's exactly where the, I guess, where our, our patient app, uh, Fizzy app comes in, because it also allows, um, even from a, if you look at the different revenue options, I suppose, you know, providing telehealth consultations, uh, I think is a, is, is a key one there as well, where uh, we've seen clinics now that um, actually have, you know, dedicated hours during the day where, you know, one one or two practitioners might be manning, you know, a physio track to actually have specific telehealth consultations. And, um, you know, those could be gaps where, you know, patients have cancelled appointments and suddenly, you know, they actually have an opportunity to to reach out and, and schedule a few quick, you know, it could be 10, 15-minute consultation with patients um, and fill up, you know, a gap that they had in their appointment book. Um, so it's it's a great opportunity for practitioners, I think, to um, to increase their revenue there. Uh, but of course, on the other hand, you're, you, you're totally right. It's about you know another opportunity to engage with clients, build a build a, a stronger rapport with patients, and um, and really provide, I suppose, the service that the patients are looking for more than anything. I think, and um, it's actually interesting. Um, we see in other indus- industries as well. You know, whether it's um, retail, for example, where you know you have people that okay, a lot of retailers. You know, 10, 15 years ago, they started dabbling into online shops and. Uh, you know, first people thought like, oh, well, you know, this is not going anywhere and this, this might be over in a couple of years' time. And, and But now if you don't have an online presence uh, in terms of retail store, you, you're basically out of business. And, um, you know, of course, it, I think the same is happening with um, uh, with healthcare. Of course, there is there's always a need for whether it's manual treatment or sometimes, you know, a face-to-face consultation in a particular clinic. But there are so many opportunities that, that kind of go online, you know, where A, for the patient in terms of, you know, how they want to consume healthcare, um, or, of course, again, another revenue opportunity for um, uh, for the clinic as well. So, I think it's critical for for clinics right now to start looking at well, you know, how how do I design my digital journey, whether it's to the patient, or whether it's in terms of 
system integrations, for example. So how do they manage their their clinic? And um, you know, do my systems actually talk to each other? You know, the, the two kind of run parallel, I would say. In my view, there's uh, there's never been a better time than now because um, you know we've had a number of significant things happen in healthcare over the last sort of decade. You know, you had the you know the aged care funding instrument came into play, and um, you know that you know transformed essentially the um, the model of being able to provide healthcare services into aged care and the way that the payments flowed throughout that. Um, and you've had obviously the NDIS, and the NDIS is way more focused on the idea of providing client-centred care. And it's pretty clear that um, you know a lot of uh, healthcare providers aren't necessarily going to be exclusively providing healthcare services to that patient or to that client. And so you know the idea of designing a journey, I'm really excited about that concept because that just mm. makes so much sense. I mean, as a consumer of healthcare, um, you know, I want to be able to have um, healthcare services, um, you know, sort of provided in a way that makes sense to me, mm. and not necessarily um, force me to go too far out of my way in order to, you know, to interact with it. And um, you know, a lot of people I speak to tend to, you know, have similar thoughts and feelings. So when you think about that kind of design of a journey, well, you know. Somebody's going to um, want to find a health provider at some point in time. So how do they do that? They're probably going to do it somewhere between researching online and then tapping into whatever journey has been created for them there. So obviously that's the online booking experience. But they're also more than likely going to be uh, a referral from another point of care. And that could be a collaboration. And I don't mean just a GP referral. I'm talking about other types of health practitioners who are looking to actually build alliances and cooperate around a, uh, a shared client. And, you know, when that referral sort of uh, comes through, it's an introduction, it's a channel, it's a marketing source if you want to use that type of language. But that person is now being um, directed through the healthcare system, so that's a much more assured experience that you're having. You're not actually trying to work it out for yourself. You're actually being told, I'm sending you to a colleague, you know, who's down the road. At some point now, you know, the idea of PhysiTrack then starts to build a relationship between that practitioner and that client in terms of that service and what they're actually doing there. And, you know, I love that innovation around introducing the uh, telehealth capability in there as well, because it means that um, that practitioner doesn't have to depend entirely on the client coming into their location each and every single time. You know, they can use the video to design their therapy and treatment plans across a timeline in a much more flexible way in line with the client's needs. And then, you know, those outcome measures are being recorded. You know, there's feedback, there's engagement, that's building a really nice relationship. And then what we have is the, the natural continuation of that is that any of that clinical information that's being, you know, built up and reported on can then be securely then passed on to a clinical system. Um, as you were saying earlier, the Core Plus system is set up to actually allow that file then, that healthcare information then to be shared to the original referrer, you know, to the extent that it's needed. And so now you're actually getting engagement, not just between the client and the practitioner, but you're now getting engagement between different practitioners who otherwise wouldn't have known each other or wouldn't have been actually working with each other. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And it, it's really the, the future of healthcare. I mean, it's, you know, it's something that's been, been talked about for many years, I think, but um, it's obviously where we, where we want to head, where there's complete transparency, like you said, you know, where needed, um, you know, in terms of data sharing, um, information sharing, and um, it's, it's a whole loop in, indeed between, you know, referrers, patients, you know, how do patients, again, consume healthcare, who is part of their treatment plan, um, but you know, for a platform like Core Plus, for example, to, to pull that all together, 
that's where healthcare is going. Um, so yeah, no, it's it's, a, it's an exciting journey. Yeah. It means that we can um, we can sort of you know bridge the real world and the digital world. You know where mm. the journey of the client through the uh, inverted commas healthcare system is seamless. It's safe. We're protecting the data and their privacy. We're able to actually uh, communicate meaningfully between different points of care. Health practitioners can now form alliances. You know, rather than just think of themselves as independent private practices who are just on their own in some kind of silo. So you can actually develop multidisciplinary type of um, alliances with different um, healthcare practitioners in your community or in your region, as well as, um, you know, really lift the bar on providing healthcare services to your client, which really wows them. And that adds as a referral, you know, because if somebody's really impressed with the service they're getting from you and they're introduced to something like PhysiTrack for the first time and they go, wow, check this out, I can, take, I can take this application home with me and I can actually interact with it and I'm feeding into that process, that's going to be a word of mouth experience, you know, where that person will go away and tell their peer group or possibly even showcase it. And all of a sudden that particular practitioner is, um, their brand is associated with actually providing that experience to that individual. That's a really understated sell point, if you will, uh, for lack of a better term, on how to actually take healthcare services from just being healthcare services to actually being customer experiences. And, you know, certainly in the digital realm, we're, we're all over that and we're really focused on how to actually bring the data along with wherever that client needs to be. But I guess that kind of then translates also into the real world and, you know, the idea of, well, you know, what's the real world experience like? You know, we're developing the digital health environment, but um, humans don't live inside computers. They're certainly, we're, we're interacting with it, some more than others. But um, at the end of the day, you've also got that physical experience as well, haven't you? You know, you've got that walk into the clinic type of experience. You've got some thoughts on that. Do you want to share some of your thoughts there? It's actually interesting because, again, there's, there's a lot of parallels between different industries. Again, I'll use retail as an example because that's my background, um, you know, having worked for Nike for many years. And, um, you know, when you walk into a Nike store, like it's a, it's, it's a really immersive experience, you know, from the visual merchandising to the, um, the design of the store, um, you know, music. So retailers, again, with many people going online to shop nowadays, um, you know, for retailers, it's, it's even more important to connect with consumers when they do come into the retail store because less and less people go and, and shopping um, in brick and mortar stores. In the end, the more senses you, you, you trigger or target um, when it comes to the, to the consumer experience in, in any kind of space, uh, but let's use retail as an example, you know, the, the, the more deeply you can connect with the consumer. Uh, and actually, it's interesting, there's, of course, a massive parallel with, um, with healthcare. So walking into a clinic, it's all about, well, the first impression, first of all. So the first, in general, the first 10 to 12 seconds of someone moving, walking into a certain space, within those you know, 12 seconds, that's when their first impression is basically formed of, of their overall experience. So you want to make sure that that first impression is, um, you know, is absolutely perfect. So it's anything from, from obviously, you know, the way that the receptionist, um, you know, welcomes you. But it's also about the interior. So, you know, it's about the colors used. Is it a friendly environment? What music is playing? Uh, but even like, how does the space smell? Uh, because actually our, our sense of smell is is our most powerful senses. So it's actually, um, you know, when you smell something, it's um, um, it, your odor receptors in your nose are directly uh, linked to the part of your brain, uh, the limbic system that, that regulates your emotions and also your long-term memory. Um, so whenever you smell something and you smell something that's pleasant and uh, it makes you at ease, you know, it has a massive impact on how you perceive or rate your overall experience um, with that particular service. So, um, so I think that's, um, yes, online, digital, that's what PhysiTrack does, that's what you guys do, uh, is super important. But it's also about, well, how does that, I suppose, correlate to whatever their real life experience is with, um, with their particular location. So, 
Um, I always recommend practitioners to, to look at you know, all those elements. So, you know, are you playing music? Um, is there something that's, you know, that, that really is, is speaking to your kind of client that comes into your uh, clinic? You know, is there a, a nice soothing uh, scent in the space, for example? There's a lot of, you know, small home diffusers you can use. Uh, reception space are normally quite small. So it's all those little details, I think, that can really make or break someone's, you know, perception and experience of a healthcare service. So it's, um, it's interesting how there's really clear parallels between, you know, again, healthcare, retail, um, hospitality, you know, hotels, it's the same. So, um, so I think, um, yeah, practitioners sometimes forget about the element, but it's, um, it's an important one in my opinion. I'd absolutely agree. And, uh, you know, I think they call that a 4D experience. We obviously walk around the real world, but um, our senses um, are information sources. And, uh, you know, if we're having a pleasant experience, then that's going to enhance our relationship with the uh, the brand of that practice. And I think that's really important. And, you know, I could certainly see that if you're in a situation where you first met that practice by walking in and then you had that kind of experience where, you know, there's a nice reception area, you know, the, um, you know, the look and feel of the place is something that resonates with you and you get that nice um, aroma and the nice sound of music and, and what have you then um, that could really make a long-lasting impression. I've heard some statistics like that. I didn't realise it was 17, what was it, 17 seconds? 10 to 12 seconds, uh, yeah. 10 to 12, wow. So uh, you haven't got a lot of time to really just sort of, you know, really nail it. And then I suppose um, things get a little bit easier after that because you made such a, such a solid impression. There may be a link we can add to the show notes, I think, that deal with some of those 4D experiences, particularly around sense and, uh, and, um, and smells. So I'll add that into the mix, Moran, if you could um, provide me that. That'd be fantastic. Sure. And I think that's really important. Um, I've got a little personal anecdote just before I um, ask you my big question. I was with my daughter and we are going to jump on to a ride and there was this, just this beautiful young man. You know, he was, um, he was so pleasant, so nice, and he was really engaging with my daughter and he sounded like he was a, a lot of fun. And as I got closer to him... He smelt like he'd, you know, he'd been there a little bit too long <laughs> and, uh, and it kind of just really detracted because he was such a nice person. I could really just, you know, as you were talking about smells and how that could come up, you know, that, that, that story sort of popped into my head. But, um, <laughs> you know, it, it certainly detracted from an otherwise what would have been a pretty pleasant experience for, um, yeah. for both myself and my daughter. So um, <laughs> I think there's definitely a lot of value in getting those things right. But, Moran, thank you. Just, uh, just before we uh, tell off, so... Um, you know, this show's about reimagining healthcare and inspiring thought and discussion and um, providing people with references to be able to sort of um, apply potentially some of the, you know, discussion points and maybe some of the tools and some of the thoughts into their own business plans as well. So from your point of view, when you look at the healthcare system in Australia, what do you think needs to be reimagined? You know, how do we reimagine healthcare through your eyes? I think collaboration is probably... A critical one, I think. Uh, collaboration um, uh, across across different professions, I think, is, is an absolute key one. I think it's very insular, not just to Australia, to be honest. I mean, this is happening around the world where, you know, you go from one to the next practitioner and you have to explain yourself again. Um, you know, we have we have some level of, uh, of data sharing, but I think that's probably one key area, I think, that, that needs to be improved. So, you know, it's really just about connecting, I suppose, practitioners connecting to each other um, and having access to um, to data. The second one is probably, again, outcomes data. I think there is um, a huge opportunity to actually, in a quite an easy way, uh, both for the practitioner and for the patient to, to start collecting uh, meaningful outcomes data and actually start using that data to perhaps, you know, um, adapt in terms of uh, treatment plans uh, and really learn about, you know, what's actually happening in the real world versus, you know, a clinical study is fantastic, but does it actually translate into treatment plans that, that are feasible in, in the real world? 
Um, so I think the collection of, of outcomes data is, is another big one. Uh, and then probably the third one for me is, um, is again, is, is, is the client experience, is the patient experience. So um, I think there is still a bit of a mismatch between the service that's being offered by practitioners in, in many ways um, versus, I guess, patient expectations uh, on the other hand. So I think, um, you know, for practitioners to really start looking at how do patients live their lives and how do they want to consume healthcare uh, and how, as a practitioner, can I adapt or at least accommodate some of those um, requests or, or, or demands from, from patients? Um, and again, with technology nowadays, it's actually not that hard. And this doesn't go just, you know, it's not just for healthcare practitioners, but for a lot of different um, industries, because it's, it's, it's one thing to be in your, in your business and, and, you know, being inundated with emails. And, but let's take a step back sometimes and see, well, you know, what do patients want and how can I, again, perhaps, you know, adjust my service offering to tailor to, to my patients' needs? I think, you know, between those three areas, I think those are probably some key ingredients to a reimagined medical landscape or a healthcare landscape in Australia where, you know, patients find it a lot easier to consume healthcare regardless where they are, that they receive treatment plans that are based on real life data. And also then for, you know, for practitioners to talk to each other a lot more. It's definitely the more that we can actually cooperate as, um, as a healthcare system and help our citizens and help our community to be able to, you know, take their own health and the responsibility for it and be more in control of it, work with their service providers, with their practitioners in a collaborative way. That to me seems like um, a very uh, noble vision there, uh, Marine. So thank you so much for that. And I really appreciate you taking the time today. Thanks, Matt. Cheers. Thanks for listening. This podcast is produced in collaboration with Health Tech X, where we are working toward a world of integrated digital health empowerment for all people. If you'd like more info on how to get involved, head over to the website, healthtechx.com.au. Or if you have any feedback about the show, you can reach out to me directly on LinkedIn, Instagram, or email by following the links in this episode's show notes. And finally, don't forget to subscribe to Reimagining Healthcare in your podcast app. And if you like what you heard, leave us a five-star review. It really helps other people find the show. I'm your host, Yanni Sopanos, and I'll speak to you in our next episode.